This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The BFM Breakfast Grill, connecting you to the top people and ideas, powered by U-Mobile. I'm Wong Xiaoning and this is The Breakfast Grill. Do you hate flying? It may seem irrational, especially when the statistics show that it is safer than driving. But for yet for many, the fear is real. With the fact that there is a government agency entrusted to ensure the safety and security of the country's civil aviation change your mindset? To find out, we speak to Datuk Captain Chester Vu, the CEO of the Civil Aviation Authority of Malaysia, otherwise known as CAM. Thanks for coming on the Breakfast Grill again, Chester. Now, the last time you were here was when CAM was unceremoniously downgraded by the US Federal Aviation Administration, FAA, to Category 2 status, which is a ranking that prevents Malaysian Air- Malaysia's airlines from launching new routes or adding new flights to the USA. Now, I understand that there were 33 audit findings uh, raised by the FAA, which range from a lack of manpower to deficiencies uh, excuse me, too deficient inspection procedures. But you have managed to restore our rankings, albeit it took three years. How did you manage to do so? Uh, good morning, Xiaoning, and thank you very much for the question and also for inviting me uh, back here for an interview. It has been an interesting time, actually. And most importantly, how we did it, it was through sheer effort and uh, of the team. It was a huge team effort from the ministry uh, to the authority members, our board, and also to every CAM uh, officer and staff. So collectively, we wanted to look uh, into fixing this in totality. Mm. We had a task force uh, that helped us with the 33 findings. And during the re-audit, it was 301 protocol questions that we had to go through. So the re-audit was not focused on just 33 findings. It was focused on the whole ecosystem that we have built and repaired and transformed. So we answered 301 questions throughout the past two and a half years. We focused on building internally. Okay, so uh, I want to know and correct my perception because CAM is a regulator under the Ministry of Transport. So were steps to rectify the situation, these 313 questions, 301, 301, sorry, uh, was it a a challenge to rectify the the situation? Did you have a free hand to hire or fire, for example? Yes, that's most important. Like I said, support from the ministry and also from the authority members and from everybody, we were allowed to fix and transform the whole agency from ground up. Mm. So we did not just focus on 33 findings. We focused on picking the right people uh, with the right qualifications. We fixed internal training. We built motivation internally across the agency to want to do the right thing, regardless of the situation. And we fixed our document process, the ability to implement it and also to show evidence. So by fixing the whole thing, the 33 findings and answering the audit questions was more a formality. Okay, uh, but there's no resting on your laurels, right, I presume, because the FAA can come back for a reassessment in 12 to 24 months after the upgrade. So are you audit ready anytime? 100% certain that there will be no question as to maintaining this Category 1 status in the coming years? Okay, uh, that's a very good question. I would, I would say I'm cautiously confident and I'm 100% sure that we want to do the right thing. Now, 
Doing I, the right, wanting to do the right thing is very different from being able to do the right thing though. Exactly. So this is where we fix the structures, the pillars and the very foundation that CAM is built on now. So by having the correct process and documents and implementation methods, we are able to now carry out effective safety oversight for the aviation industry in the country. So what we are focusing on about doing the right thing is by having the whole ecosystem in place with strong structures. Mm. With this, we will carry out effective safety oversight with the right document, the right checklist, the right compliance questions so that we keep the aviation industry safe. I see it this way. If we carry out our jobs effectively and we keep the aviation industry safe, anyone who audits us will be able to see that we are doing a great job by mm. doing the right thing. Okay. So it's about fixing the whole thing. All right, so you had to start start from the ground zero in a way and build upwards yes. to revamp the whole agency. That's clearly what has happened. But if I rewind to 2019, when this downgrade by FAA was announced, the then PH government, Pakatan Harapan government, had initiated to dissolve MAVCOM, which is, of course, the other regulator responsible for economic and commercial aspects of civil aviation to be merged with CAM. Is this ongoing? Because I haven't heard much of, about this since then. Yes, it's, it's actually still ongoing. The ministry is working on this in a very structured approach. So the instruction from the government is still to merge uh, okay. as planned. So there are a few parts. We're working on the HR part. We're working on the organisational part when these two regulators merge. And most importantly, the merging of the Act. We will have to take the MAFCOM Act and have them included into the CAM Act. So it has to be done in a structured manner to ensure successful implementation. But are, it's in the pipeline. Okay, what are the benefits of this? Because on the flip side, I did read um, some articles which said that IETA is not keen on this and that the two bodies should be you know, kept separate. Uh, they should not be merged into one organisation. Well, I guess it's on effective implementation. Anything if it's uh, effectively implemented will be beneficial, meaning that the National Regulator for Civil Aviation Industry mm. will have a safety, a security and an economic function. Yes. So it's about Im effective implementation and how well processed uh, we can do this. Okay, so how soon do you think this merger will actually take place? Because 2019, wow, that's like a good three years ago. From what I understand, um, once the act, the work on the act is completed, uh, it, will have to, it will be brought up to Parliament. And mm. once that is done, we will be able to start implementing uh, the structured steps that has been laid out by the Ministry. And uh, you'll be heading this newly merged entity? I'm not sure. Um, however, if it comes into CAM, and I mean CAM at the moment, yes. Mm. Then okay. it will it will seem that way, but of course there will be some strengthening of leaders uh, as we strengthen the regulator for more effectiveness. All right. Um, the other thing I noticed from the CAM website is, aside from assuring the safety of Malaysia's civil aviation, another mandate is to ensure the competitive edge within the global aviation sector. Now, how does CAM facilitate this? Is this by encouraging and issuing new air operator certificates to new players like? Uh, my airline, which was just granted approval in October this year. Okay. Now, this is very interesting. For the civil aviation industry to grow and to thrive, it is a partnership and team effort between the operator, the airlines, and the regulator, meaning the regulator must be facilitative enough in providing the right documentation, the right information, and know how into how we approach safety oversight. Mm. And the operators must 
choose and want to do the right thing by building a great organization. Now, when it comes to growth, uh, airlines will need more planes, uh, more pilots, more crew, more of everything as capacity grows. Yeah. So this is where the regulator need to facilitate in terms of timeliness and into the way and the approach of how we do things together to grow the industry. It's a partnership. So it's not so much the regulator checks on the operator and the operator needs to comply no matter what, although that is what's required. Yes. It, is an, it is a team effort and a work together. Okay, and I understand that the process time for applications uh, for new airlines has been reduced from 12 to 18 months to just three months, right? Um, is this too short a period? Because, you know, everyone is really concerned about safety of new airlines. They have no track record, no credentials. How, how assured are we that they are, you know, it's safe to fly these new airlines? Okay, it's definitely safe. As long as an operator or an airline holds an air operator certificate that has mm. been certified by CAM, it will be safe. Now, previously... Um, maybe it took 12 to 18 months. But in our new client charter for CAM, in our effort to facilitate, what we do is we either offer technical assistance where we work together with the airline based on a fixed number of hours in assisting them comply and building their ecosystem. Or most operators already have a very strong and robust organisational structure. So what they do is they complete all their approval paperwork. When they come to us, what the regulator does is we fix our document and process and included that into a client charter to provide timely service. So what we're doing is we committed to a certain number of time where CAM, our officers and inspectors will complete all our internal processes within 90 days. So there are no shortcuts taken. It's Definitely. just that CAM works harder. Definitely. Is that the point? Um, I would say CAM works more efficiently. And definitely there are no shortcuts. In fact, we improved our safety oversight. Previously, it was on a two-page checklist. Now mm. we go on a computerized compliance questionnaire where the operator has to answer every single question that we already monitor prior to the audit. So it is more detailed now. So we, we worked harder, but we made it more efficient so we could cover more areas, meaning oh. in terms of safety oversight, it is better. Okay, and I also noticed from the CAM website, uh, you list all the airlines that have this AOC and you also put the expiry dates of this AOC. Correct. So um, Malaysian Airlines, what I noticed from the website was given nine years, but my airline, which is a new airline, just one year. What, what's the criteria here and why do airlines differ from one to another? Does this hint of anything? Okay, no, it doesn't. Uh, what happens is in an audit report, but I'll, I'll need to correct that. Mm. Um, the AOC process, the maximum validity will be five years. So maybe it's a misunderstanding from the website mm. uh, or a misreading, but it is five years. Even though you hold a five years AOC, you will still have to go through a safety oversight audit every year. So annually, the regulator will still come and look at all your processes uh, if you do a safety oversight on a five-year AOC, probably the checklist is shorter because you are holding a longer AOC. For new airlines, we will give them one year so that we come back and we relook at everything they've done in that one year before if they were to perform better or if they perform the same or equal, we will give them a longer AOC period based on the number of findings that they actually achieve. So it's risk-based and it's basically based on the safety checklist. Okay. And I've also read that uh, you have a line cam with a good finance strategy related to fees and charges that are collected. Help me understand this. I mean, what fees and charges do you collect or do you still rely on government funding to ensure safety standards? Okay. 
At the moment, we rely on government funding, combination, government funding and also the fee and charges we collect. Malaysia charges one of the lowest fees and charges in the world for overflight and also for navigation charges. Now, we're looking to revise these fee and charges as we move along. However, this revision is not about collecting more money. This revision is about providing more efficient service, meaning if we if we came up with a better replanned uh, air traffic management system or airspace system that could save the industry aircraft fuel and time, mm. critical fuel and time, not only it reduces carbon footprint, but because of the fuel reduction and also our investment in building this more efficient airspace, the fees and charges will have to be a little bit more realistic. So it's a win-win. Okay. It is not so much of CAM charging more or the government charging more, but it's about us providing better service better efficiency. If we work faster, we work more efficiently. The downtime during an application is reduced. Opportunity cost is better. So do you think that the funding that you currently receive from government is sufficient to ensure safety standards? Because that was one of the failings that caused our downgrade, right? That we couldn't, we didn't necessarily have the right people in the right jobs. I understand that there were many vacancies for head of departments during that time. And the, one of the arguments is that CAM just couldn't pay commercial rates. Yeah. Currently, um, the government funds oper- funds CAM where required mm. and it is sufficient. That means we work on what is required to maintain effective safety oversight and any shortfall that we get from fee and charges are funded adequately. So funding is not an issue. Like I said, moving forward, strategy-wise, we wanted to work on how we could be more efficient, but the fees and charges need to be more realistic. On the breakfast grill this morning is Datuk Captain Chester Wu, CEO of the Civil Aviation Authority of Malaysia. After the break, how does this how does this regulator ensure the safety of planes whilst ensuring that flying in the future becomes increasingly sustainable? BFM eighty nine point nine. You are listening to the BFM Breakfast Grill. Brought to you by U-Mobile. BFM 89.9. Welcome back to The Breakfast Grill. In the hot seat this morning is Datuk Captain Chester Vu, CEO of the Civil Aviation Authority of Malaysia. Before the break, how did CAM restore Malaysia's ranking with the US Federal Aviation Administration? Now, Chester, I want to get into the importance of the hardware of flying, which is, of course, the planes and the technology behind this. But perhaps less discussed are the pilots, crew, air traffic controllers, which are critical to ensuring the safety of flying. So how much attention is campaign to fatigue, especially since many airlines are short on staff? Okay, thank you. Fatigue is very important. Now, what CAM does as a national regulator is that we ensure that all operators, including our air traffic control, follow a prescribed minimum rest period mm. and a maximum work pattern based on duty hours period. So it's regulated. Now, the organizations, the airlines and air traffic control need to follow this regulation to ensure that we are well rested. The holder of the license is also governed through a medical program where they need to go through medical checkups either annually or um, once in two years. This is to ensure that they have adequate uh, medical fitness to perform their duties safely based on what they're trained. Mm. So it's a very regulated industry. We should focus more on fatigue or on mental health into creating a situation within the operators and the industry where we are not afraid to speak up. So the key here is to speak up and to admit when we're not well before we operate either an atrophy control work console or an aeroplane. And the onus on the regulator is to provide the ability to be transparent and also reach out so that people actually get help that they need. 
But I'm sure these workers who have, you know, uh, who are involved in the aviation industry, who have mental health issues, they are concerned about the stigma attached, right? Whether they'll be grounded. And of course, once they're grounded, they earn much less. So what kind of open channels do you have to facilitate these conversations? Okay, we're still, um, we, we are constantly improving our directives into how we approach these things about mental health or about things traditionally not really mentioned mm. in the open, especially in the Asian culture. But most importantly, what we're doing is Cam has a full-time medical doctor working with us now and this doctor uh, is building these directives based on what is the latest in terms of fatigue and mental health. For operators, whenever there is a report or somebody comes up, the operators will have a robust system within the organization uh, under the safety management system as well and uh, crew assistance uh, methods. What what they will go through is that they will need the crew to go through a medical checkup, to meet a psychiatrist, to talk to someone. But time offline is much needed um, for a good recovery. Okay, and you impose this on all the airlines, yes. do you? Yes. And the conversations that you've had with them regarding this, how smooth have they been? I mean, are they willing to implement these systems? Oh, yes. The operators are very supportive. Now, this is very important. Like what, what I said earlier in the first half, it's about wanting to do the right thing. Yes. So the operators are concerned as well as they want to keep their plane safe. With better safety means better growth. Okay, so let's talk about the safety of the planes itself, right? The hardware. Because many were mothballed during the pandemic and now are returning to the skies. What checks are there in place to ensure that these planes are you know, f- good enough to fly, that there are no issues, uh, no technical issues especially. Okay, so this is what we do uh, in conjunction and also team effort with the operators. Now, the hibernated aircraft will come into hot standby. That means uh, almost immediate readiness, mm. mid-term and also long-term hibernation. They all come under various checklist requirements that they need to go through various stages of checks before they are re-entered into service. What CAM has done is we've summarised all checklists based on ICAO and international best practices. Uh, we call this checklist a return to operations checklist for aircraft. This will assist the operator. So when they complete it, they will have a full checklist of what checks need to be completed before it is submitted back to CAM. So CAM holds the final approval before this aircraft uh, come back to the industry. So they are safe. They are safe to an extent that everything that is required to be done, to be checked and certified before re-enter into service, is done in totality. So, Captain, I noticed, you know, for the last, you know, 20 minutes when we've had this conversation, there are lots of checklists in place, you know, whether it's mental health, whether it's physical health of the crew, uh, whether it's the safety of the plane. Great. I think these checklists are very important. But what's the culture like when it comes to making sure that somebody is monitoring this checklist, someone is supervising the work, uh, because otherwise it's just a lot of paper which has no meaning, right? Correct. So moving forward, like what we've done in the past two and a half years, we had a breather during the COVID, so the operators suffered, but CAM managed to take a few steps back to improve our processes. Like is I that said. the culture? Has the culture changed then? Well, the, the culture has improved a lot in terms of CAM as a regulator wanting to be efficient, wanting to be very detailed in the mm. way we look at things. Mm. So what, what this checklist does is it allows the operators to actually follow a structured method to attaining the approval. Yes. Now, when they attain the approval, these checklists are further tracked by CAM. We have 
we have things on dashboard now mm. and we track in terms of timeliness, completion and also how we do, how we get these approvals done in place. Okay. So these are monitored, All not right. just in terms of uh, approved or not approved, but also timeliness and our service delivery. Now, what do you make of these comments by the Emirates airline president, Tim Clark, who lambasted the biggest commercial aviation manufacturers for failing to deliver aircraft programs to the standards and timelines requested to replace aging fleets? Are we at risk of having too many old planes flying in the sky in Malaysia? Now, in Malaysia, uh, in the airline industry, the planes are of a pretty good age. Uh, we are not, I, I wouldn't call Malaysia Malaysia's fleet aging. Mm. So we have a good rate of replacement into new planes, new technology. Now, newer technology gives better fuel burn and efficiency as well, which is what we want. Now, I guess if you talk about delayed timelines, it will be a mismatch between demand uh, the requirement for huge capacity immediately based on what's actually able. So I guess it's more an expectation and how structured we plan our growth, um, which in Malaysia, I believe is stable for now. Okay, and you mentioned fuel burn. Related to this, of course, is uh, the International Civil Aviation Organization's goal of net zero emissions by 2050. Is this a contradiction? In <laughs> because is it ever possible for uh, airlines or the aviation industry to achieve this goal? I mean, and what's CAM role in this, actually? Okay, CAM is now working on, uh, we, we just called for a very important meeting, which we include all the operators and also related agencies and uh, ministries in order to build a structured roadmap. Now, this roadmap is important. The goal is set in 2050. The meeting wants to be realistic into what we, where we are now, mm. what we want to be, and how do we plan to get there. Now, this is where we need to be realistic into what we really can achieve, and we are working on it. CAM is going to take a leadership role in terms of the technicality of uh, uh, reduction in carbon into how we work with efficiency, better airspace, better planes, and also uh, operator efficiency into what else can be done to reduce um, carbon. Now, interestingly, drones also come under CAM's purview, right? Uh, but why do we have to wait till October 2023 for there to be the country's first unmanned traffic management system? Um, you know, that will allow uh, these drones and unmanned aircraft to uh, fly with approval within 24 hours versus the current waiting time of 14 to 21 days. Okay. I thought you wanted the organisation to be more efficient. Correct. Um, 14 to 21 days, it's because currently for drone approvals to happen, it involves multiple agencies. Okay. So there's mapping, there's security, there's radio frequency, there's quality under Sirium, and then there's CAM for the flight approval. So... There are multiple layers of approval required, and this is for public safety. However, um, once we get our unmanned traffic management system, all this will be harmonized into one platform, onto the same platform, on the same system, where we, redu we reduce it to 24 days because of the ability to have all regulators on the same platform. But so hence, we expect Q3 next year. Okay, and it will be achieved. Definitely, we will strive towards that. On that note, thank you for your time. Today in the Breakfast Grill was Datuk Captain Chester Vu, CEO of the Civil Aviation Authority of Malaysia. I'm Wong Xiaoning, BFM 89.9. The Breakfast Grill is brought to you by U-Mobile, where unlimited potential begins. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, Download the BFM app.